Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode by Teaching You. Estamos aquí con un nuevo episodio de nuestro podcast Puedo Aprender Inglés. Y no es un avión, no es un tren, no es Superman, es la Mujer Maravilla. Hoy nos reunimos con Natalia Solano, diseñadora, innovadora, gastronómica, creadora de contenidos, chef, profesora, guía, investigadora, consultora, pero más que eso, una maravilla de persona. Yo la describo a ella como una persona colorida, porque su personalidad es grande, cariñosa, bombástica, como se dice en inglés, bombastic. Entonces, me emociona tenerla en el episodio de hoy. Natalia eh, fue una de nuestras estudiantes en Teaching You y me comentaba después de la entrevista que estaba muy contenta porque se, sentí, se sintió muy natural en esta conversación. Entonces, cuánto me alegra tenerla aquí y espero que disfruten de esta conversación en inglés para que practiquen y aprendan. Ok, so, here we go. Ready to go. I'm so excited to have you here, Natalia. I was telling people in the introduction of how amazing I think uh, your work is, really, because um, not only is something drastically different to what I do in some regards, and then we'll, we're going to speak on how they're similar as well, but um, I think you're so talented and successful and uh, inspiring. And so I'm so happy that you're here with me today. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, Juan. I'm so excited too. Actually, I was counting the hours because I have so many things that I want to share with you and all the people that are hearing this podcast. So I'm very happy and ready to go. Awesome. I always ask this because I am not always super comfortable with giving one label to a person like you're a chef. Um, so I, I always ask, how do you want people to know you as? Do you want people to know you as an innovator, as a teacher, as an entrepreneur, successful woman? Like, what's like the best intro for you? Well, that's a very good question because... <laughs> When you start in this industry, actually people call you different, like a chef, like an innovator. Uh -huh. But actually, uh -huh. I will prefer to be a food designer. I believe that food is so transversal to our lives that I prefer to be a food designer. Food designer, Natalia. I love that. Uh, I imagine that people call you like chef all the time. Chef Natalia. Absolutely. Every time <laughs> chef or pastry in uh, chef, that's the most common because Talking about innovation in food is not so common. Uh, mm -hmm. The most uh, part usual title is chef because it's the most uh, regular uh, name for the for the media. <laughs> the most common, right? Absolutely. Yes. Well, I think that would be a great place for us to start. What is food innovation? What are the type of things that you are doing with food that is innovation? <laughs> well, actually, innovation it's a it's a word very general it's difficult sometimes to like to select uh, the perfect description of the word but i believe that innovation it's actually how to improve 
what actually exists. So when I try to think about food innovation is how can I improve our relationship as human beings with food? Mm -hmm. Because eating is so natural for human beings, but the whole process of eating, it's an amazing challenge from the first process that you, I don't know, like the extraction of food, like how to package the food, the logistic of food. Everything has a major impact in the nature and in the behavior of humans. So I believe that innovation actually is trying to improve the existing things in the world. So I'm trying uh-huh. to improve our relationship with with foods and how to make them like better, more useful, more interesting, more um, experiment, experimental and experiential, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and how to understand and improve our relationship with with food. For me, that is innovation. You have. Do you have like an example of uh, some type of innovation that you've done recently with your company? Or I I know that you do consulting to other companies, big companies. Right now, we the most time we do like consulting process for industry, industry of many things like the cacao industry, fruit industry, flower industry, for soy industry. Lipid industry, we do a lot of stuff. But actually right now, one of the process of innovation that I believe it's it's interesting, it's how you can develop lipids for pastry industry that are not saturated, like low saturated um, lipids. Because right now the solutions for the industry in lipids, they are, they are like Oh my goodness, a lot of saturation in the in the pastry product. So uh-huh. we're trying to develop with the innovation and develop groups of these industries some solution that actually it's a good lipid for pastry, like to do a cake or to do a bread right. with a very low, very, very low saturated fat. Because right now the solutions are like not so light and not so good for health. So we are trying to develop something that is very tasty. So you're like a scientist as well. We we work a lot with the scientists inside the industry. And we wanted to do something that is really tasty and very good, but is not so bad for your health. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I wanted you to speak about MAD, uh, which is what, what, what your company is, is MAD underscore gastronomico is your Instagram handle. Yeah. Um, and people can go there uh, for food porn. <laughs> this is the, the name of the game. They can exactly. look at very vibrant and colorful pictures of all kinds of food. Uh, sometimes you travel to France and try different French pastries. And that's like my absolute fa- favorite thing to watch because I live vicariously through your your exploration. But where did the idea of uh, Mad Gastronomico come from? Of course. Well, Mad actually means mother and daughters. This is why it's called Mad. And then Mad That just blew my mind. Yes. I did not know that. Okay. Society. And also because we are mad about food. We are like crazy about designing food. We are crazy about dream about the future of food. 
So that's the both meanings of the, of the name MAD. And actually the idea of starting MAD was born for a blend of inspiration. My journey uh, started with my mother and my grandmother in Paris. I was very, very little. I was like seven years old. And I don't know if everybody knows, but in Paris, food, it's everything. It's like the culture, it's about food. Since the moment you open your eyes, you are thinking about what to have from, from breakfast and then what to have from Zach and where you are going to, to blend and to create in the kitchen. So I used to cook a lot with my mother and my grandmother in Paris. And for me, those are one of the most happy moments in my life. Um, I have in my mind all the textures and the colors and the flavors and the shapes and the loves. And of course, the moment that you sit in the table and share with your family, that actually is like the most important inspiration for me. And I start to grow up. And when I wanted to study uh, culinary uh, or pastry or uh, okay. cuisine in Paris, my father was never Natalad. You are never going to study that because you cannot live with that, that knowledge. It's not a good career for you. And he banned me from studying culinary um, knowledge because he was like, what are you going to do with your life? You cannot live being a chef. You won't be paid enough. And it was... <laughs> so my mother told me like, okay, Natalia, you will do it later. Don't worry. But... You can always she... learn. Yeah. yeah. She was like, don't worry. I will help you later with that. But my mother said like, Natalia, choose a career because your father wanted to be a bit that you'd study a big standard career she asked asked me like what do you really love about food and it was like the creation creativity so my mother said well find a career with creativity so i did that i decided to start industrial design oh my goodness process (laughs) of my career i focused in food my career and as soon as i ended the design career industrial design career i merged both the stuff mm-hmm. to create my lab that is Mad Diseño Gastronomico, a food lab of consulting and developing of um, products for industry, trying to merge my passion for pastry and food and my passion for creativity with my industrial design. And like, I think that's like a great blend. Yes, that's good blend actually. And I believe it was a good decision, you know, because Absolutely. I learn other stuff about the creativity world and about the design world that actually helps me a lot but at the moment I was so bad because I really wanted to do my is that also <laughs> why is that also why the name is mad you were mad that you could exactly exactly also <laughs> but 10 years ago I didn't make my dream come true and I studied pastry and bakery and um like everything about bread and chocolate treat in Paris, Il Notre Paris. Oh, well, look at that. Well, wh- what was that like? Did you grow up in Paris actually, or were you just there no. visiting? Or when did you move or how, how was your upbringing? Since I was little, I traveled each year at least three or four months to Paris. Mm-hmm. But then when I grow up, like I was in early to do my university, I couldn't uh, do that with with all the time, so I started to go in a smaller in a smaller um, 
time frames. Exactly, exactly, frames. Uh, but actually, still today, I travel all the years at least one month to Paris. It's like like sacred. <laughs> <laughs> If that is your connection, yeah, absolutely. That is my connection. My sister lives there, there and also my uncles. So for me, it's very important. But I stop traveling like long frames at the moment that I start to study in the university. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I wanted to ask you because your brand and if people go into your Instagram, really, they're going to see all the colors and all the signs and it's very yummy. Um, but and it's and the way that I describe it is very vibrant. But oh, thank you. That's amazing. That's also how what I, I would describe your personality. And I think people have already gotten your vibrancy from some of your <laughs> answers already. What helps you to be so vibrant and energetic, even though you work like a mad person, really? Because I know uh, we had classes before and I know what your schedule is like and it's absolutely bananas. How do you stay That's so vibrant? True. It's a little bit crazy, the, the calendar to work, because we try to do our best to work with industry and also to work with small entrepreneurs and also with amateurs of the food design and the food uh -huh. industry. So it's not easy, but actually I believe I work with this. I, I am so intense. I have a, a, an intense personality. Also, I, I speak a lot, so sorry to, to everyone that are hearing. Uh, I could I could monopolize the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can become an ongoing guest. Yes, yes, I, I speak a lot. So if you want to say like, Natalia, let me talk, don't hesitate. <laughs> well, about the, the personality, I believe it's something that I, I born with it. Uh, as soon as was, I was very little, I wanted to do, to, to speak all the time and to do all kind of activities. And I wanted to sing and to dance in my parents' reunions. I was like, I don't know, it's like a fire inside of me. But also, also I believe that the reason that I am, I still have that that kind of of, of fire inside of me, mm -hmm. it's because I try to surround myself with positive people. I don't yeah. like what I call in Spanish la gente chunga. You know that kind of people <laughs> that in English <laughs> they have names for these type of personalities, and so oh really? Yeah, so they. So like a person that is very low, they, they call it a downer, but it's funny to call somebody a downer. So they give it a name. So Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer? Oh, a Debbie Downer. Oh, <laughs> well, exactly. I don't like to be with um, downer people because there are people that are always negative and they're always saying that everything is going to be wrong. And they are always saying like, I don't want to do this. This is going to be very complicated and everything is horrible. So I prefer to be with positive people that just spend like with support, spending my time with the supportive people, individuals that actually contribute um, to a positive mindset. For me, that's important. So uh, my family is actually like a vitamin for me. Uh -huh. I, Last month, I read a book about vitamin people, and it was amazing. Oh, that's that's an interesting way of looking at people. Yeah, yes, yeah. I try to be with vitamin people, because I believe that life is so short, uh -huh. that I prefer to be relaxed 
be happy and enjoy food and enjoy company and to to try to like to empower all other people i believe that my the yeah. what i was born like to try to just to, to i think like that to... that touches on 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 a question that i did want to ask you because there is as much as there is vibrancy there is a lot of empowerment and i know that you launch courses and by the way i am secretly jealous no i'm very openly jealous because <laughs> i know how much work it is to launch uh, an online course it's a lot of work to That's put it together true. and to and to put something together and not only to put it together and teach it because i think you and i share that passion for empowering That's others true and trend you know seeing their transformation and seeing them succeed i think that's that's a vitamin for me to put it in the terms that you you were talking about now but i know how much work goes behind putting things together and not only putting things together but selling them getting getting it out there because you can have a great idea a great product a great service a great course but then maybe five folks come in like we just launched um uh, a learn with music uh workshop earlier this year amazing and it was like so well put together the teacher is this like rock star like this rock star woman and like the classes were super engaging and super connected and super valuable and like only six or seven people went to that and i was like oh my god this could have been like the workshop of the year for people So my question behind all this is like behind this empowerment, behind all these courses. And by the way, I think that you're about to relaunch some of your online courses and people can find them in the link of the this episode's description if they're interested, because you have a basics pastry course and uh, a pastry course for amateurs and small businesses. Uh, really, really cool stuff for people, and they learn really cool things because I've seen your the way that you teach. They It's not this is not like a baking course. This is like a you know, learn to to do this more professionally, more dynamically, more with innovation. So I think it's very cool. Um but my question for you and I promise I will let you talk. No, no. Uh, <laughs> my question is what is your tip for success? How do you, how did you make your your company successful? It's not easy. Actually, That's the most difficult question that you have <laughs> me so far. Well, that's your secret. <laughs> that was a secret. Well, actually, I don't think there's there are no secrets. That's a blend of a little bit of luck. Uh-huh. And a lot of I believe that is the both uh, most important um sure. uh, uh, like um structures for 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 the res- the actual result is I believe that passion, when you work with a lot of passion and a little bit of a structure, I believe that it's important not only to have a lot of ideas in your mind, but it's very important to know how to execute them. So I believe yeah. it's a blend of ideas, not even good ideas, only ideas that you try to execute. Because there are many good ideas in the in your mind or in my mind or in the mind of uh-huh. any entrepreneur, but it's very difficult when you leave the ideas in your mind and you don't execute them. So I always say, if I want to to do something, I have to execute. That's my policy. Yeah. And also, it's very important to define your own brand 
in a very personal way. Usually people try to develop a business or an enterprise to be likable to others. Yeah. And I am very rebel about it. I think that you should be yourself. Like to yeah, be try you. to create something that reflects your style, your way to do the stuff, and someone will like it. If you work for that, someone will like it. Even if it's with one or two or 100 persons. But for me, authenticity, it's the most important. I like that, um, yeah. Like a way to achieve your goals. Because I like that. I don't way. want to be likable to anyone. Actually, I just want to be myself. And myself is that it's like fire, creativity, empowerment. And actually, I also try to be very genuine about my interactions with people and all the content that I built. It's about trust and credibility because you will see that I always like the the same person. Yeah, I don't want to I be like I just want to help people to achieve their dreams in food industry. But it's uh, like the perfect recipe for success because I feel like the people that don't like you, they just won't follow. They get filtered out very quickly. And this is actually something that I've learned in in in, in this marketing. You don't talk to everybody. You talk to the people who are going to stay. If that's one person, that's one person. But Um, and then that resonates and it's easier to get your message to that to those people because you know who you're talking to. So it's really nice. Absolutely. And actually, I think it was the same for us uh, when we were creating our logo. Um, all the designers were like saying, no, you need to have red and blue because these are the colors of the flag of the US and the UK. And that's going to evoke uh, English for people and it's going to be like an easy relation. It's like, no, we are like... No, we, we want to do things different. We don't necessarily want to be a language company always. Um, we we want to show that we're very dynamic, so we need a lot of colors, but we're not providing services for kids, so we don't want to be, like, colorful for kids. You know, like, uh, just yes, yes. unique. Um, and we also do have something in, in, in common that I wanted to share with you because I don't know if I ever shared with this with you. Um And, and you were speaking earlier to me in a previous conversation how you're interested in food as a language and it's going to be part of something that you publish in, in a book. You got selected to be in Food Design Voices, which is a very prominent uh, book in the industry. So congrats on that. And you get selected to write a, a little piece for that book. And that's amazing. And one of the parts of that, I'm not going to give it away completely, but it's Food as Language. Uh, and that's something that I definitely wanted to ask you about. Actually, when we teach um, English, one of the methods that we, we use, or we I like to use personally, is like understanding what people like to do. And typically, most of my students have in common that they like traveling or watching TV shows or cooking. Cooking is one of the big ones. Uh, and when they like King, I use that and I write it all the way through because one of the things that people don't like about language is grammar and part of grammar is the structure of ideas and I say no listen this is just like a recipe you don't want to put the yeast first you know because then your <laughs> recipe will not work and so this is the order of the recipe this is the ingredients and I communicate all the grammar aspects and strategies And it works great. People get it immediately, get it very quickly. But I did want to ask you, what do you mean food as language? And why are you interested in that topic? I, I'm very interesting, interested 
in that topic because I believe that each time that you eat or, or that you cook, every time that you touch uh, an ingredient, everything it's linked. Food is an essential aspect of our culture. Even human wouldn't be wouldn't be right now in this world if the food wouldn't be like evolve, evolving. So that is an essential aspect of the culture and understanding the language that describes food, the language of eating the food, the language of transforming the food during the cooking process. Like to understand also the traditions of the culture with food, the costume, the values of different societies is very important because actually human being for me is a result of our uh, behavior or our interaction with food. So I want to understand how this language works, all the different kind of languages in our interaction with food and how if we understand it, we can improve it and we can change so we can have a better understanding of that language and so that. Help me, help me understand, like, is it, you know, because when, when you are not feeling your best, maybe you have a hangover or maybe you have the flu and your mom brings you like a chicken soup, like the international, she's not only bringing you the chicken soup, she's also messaging, hey, I'm here for you, I'm taking care exactly. of you. That's why that's one kind of language, like mm -hmm. how you can send messages to other people through food. Yeah. Or also, for example, if you if you change the shape and the color or the structure of a dish with food, it's also an expression of art, like an artistic expression, and it's a language. Every time that you eat or change a food is it's you're trying to express something and i'm very interested to understand how it works because actually i'm i'm wow. trying to to make an investigation process about all the the different types of languages that we develop in our relationship with the food i love that okay that's fantastic and then my final question has nothing to do with food uh, because I see that you post um, things not only about food, but also things that you care about. So whether it be like LGBT rights uh, or the rights of uh, animals. And you post that and you're very adamant. Hey, if you don't like the content that, that I'm posting, no, goodbye. Um, they have an expression in English that is bye girl, bye. Um, exactly. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye, girl. Like, bye. Like, if you don't like it, there's the door and goodbye. Um, but where, where, where does this sentiment of caring for animal rights come from? You do some fundraising. You do some. Um, well, starts also when I was very little. My mother and my sister both are like animal lovers. And since I was very little, my mother teaches that when you see an animal in danger or that they, mm -hmm. they need help, you should do it right now. So when I was little in our house, there were like many kinds of animals <laughs> struggling <laughs> and we always helped them. So I believe my mother and my sister give me that kind of love for animals. And about that every dog, cat or whatever 
have a unique story. And I am actually determined to be part of their journey and to be part of their lives, lives if I can help. Sometimes there's an animal that some car just crushed, so I help them. Sometimes it's through um, an enterprise or a foundation. How do I say the... Fundraising, maybe. Fundraising enterprise, exactly, that helps animals. Each month, we help different um, foundations or I don't know the, the name. Charities or foundations, yeah. Exactly. Because we actually want to make some change for animals that actually don't have any opportunity. They are in very bad shape. People believe that the animals in the street, they, they are problem of the street. And actually, everything in our society is a result of our behavior. So I believe that we have a, sure. an amazing responsibility helping helping them. And I'm actually deeply committed to rescuing um, and to try to to give something to the world, to return something to the world for those animals that doesn't have any help and that sometimes they suffer a lot, actually. Sure. Sure. And and I really want to 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 do something different, um, to to change a little bit, just a little bit the world. And I believe yeah. that's the way to help and to change stuff and to change the mentality of the people. Because actually, that's... if they are in the street, it's because of us. So I want to change that. So I always help dogs, cats. I rescue. I bring them to my home. Actually, two months ago, I have a new dog, <laughs> and. He is amazing. The name is Rodolfito, uh, Rodolfo Jose, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's in the whole process of recovering. And right now, he's he's very good, and he's going to stay here at home. I love that. And of course, if people want to help out with your uh, fundraising or some of the activities, they can follow you on your Instagram because you're very good at posting that. And actually, yeah, you did mention something that I was very interested in, which was the, the use of dogs in, in uh, as part of security in malls and, and things like this, which I always kind of like normalized. I, I never liked that because I loved animals, but, you know, I also had to build a tough skin because you can't go around the world like crying every five seconds. So I sort of build a wall through it. And yeah, I, I know that they don't have the best life. But yeah, what is the purpose of this? Um, I think that's a great question that we should all consider. <laughs> on that note. Yeah. Well, Natalia, I, I think this has been a lovely uh, and very innovative conversation of its <laughs> own. Um, I loved having you on. Uh, please come back whenever you want. <laughs> For me, it was an amazing experience. Don't hesitate if you want to do another podcast. I'm so happy being here. And thank you very much. Actually, all my words are really thank you, thank you, and thank you, Juan. Because right now, I feel so comfortable speaking in English. And it's because of you right now. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Because <laughs> of you. Because you helped me in every and each step of my, my English skills. So I really wanted to say thank you. That means a whole lot coming from you. Thank you so much. I admire so much and you're the work that you do with all the people that uh, actually are part of your of your programs. I believe they are going to find all the answers for their searching. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
te gustó este episodio, compártelo, síguenos en nuestras redes, suscríbete a nuestro boletín semanal donde encontrarás material gratuito, descuentos, información sobre nuestros cursos y por supuesto si estás interesado en patrocinarnos o que mencionemos tu producto o tu servicio en nuestro podcast, contáctanos a nuestro correo y en la información de nuestro perfil y nos vemos la próxima semana con una nueva entrevista. See you then.